Thanks for listening to Connection Church's podcast. Today's message is a part of our series, In This House. There are certain things that define every household, things that make them unique, and things that are important to them. A church many times functions the same way. In this series, we are going to look at the things that are important to us here at Connection and what it means to be a part of a church family. Welcome to Connection Church. How are you guys doing? Man, I'm so excited you guys are here. Uh, we're continuing on in our series in this house. Um, this is week six. So, man, it's been a good series. Um, man, people ask all the time, man, like, what is y'all's church about? And if, 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 if you're wondering what our church is about, man, look no farther. This series has explained it and summed it up perfectly. We, when we started off talking about God's word and how God's word is the foundation of everything that we do here. Um, in week two, we went into worship and talked about how worship is our goal, um, not only here on Sundays, but also as we go into the community and do what we do. And, and, and week three, we talked about serving. And so it doesn't take a genius to come in here and see blue shirts, people smiling at you, people behind tables, kids, workers, um, everything to understand, man, we love serving and we believe every believer should. Um, week four, we got into reaching the lost and we talked about uh, our heart to reach the lost. We believe Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And so as a church, man, we... We get pumped about reaching the lost. Um, and then last week, uh, we talked about honor and respect and, and how important that is within a family, within a community, within a church, um, is, is honor and respect in one another. Not only one another, but respecting God um, also. And so this week, we're jumping into week six, closing out, talking about community. Um, like I said, I'm the discipleship pastor, so uh, it's kind of my job. Uh, community is my job. We, we call our community connect groups. Um, and I have the privilege of serving you guys and working with all of the connect group leaders and all the connect groups and giving them ideas and encouraging them and, and really just pastoring them in a huge way. And so as I was thinking about how to really relay to you guys the importance of community, man, I, I felt like two stories to start off would really, really sum it up well. And, and, and just two stories that, that I've seen um, in, in my time, I guess, and, which hadn't been long, but, but just um, one was a girl who, she was a college student who began coming um, to our, we call it our college Bible study during the summer, and we've been doing it for three or four years. And so she began coming about three years ago, um, off and on, and she would come and come. And man, the Lord finally got a hold of her, man, gripped her, gripped her, and, and she got saved, got baptized. Um, and not only did she get involved with that, that uh, college group, she also went on and began to serve in the church. And she began to engulf herself in community, got into a connect group and a small group, and began to to go, go, and go, man, and she, and she really saw the importance of community, and the cool thing about it is, is now, four years later, three years later, I look at her, and, and she's graduated from college, she's, she's teaching and coaching at a school down in South Georgia, um, and, and she, I got the privilege of talking to her last week, and, and she, she said, hey, Billy, I want you to know something, we're, we're starting up a, a small group, I'm starting up a small group where I'm at, and every conversation we had had between that time was, man, I can't find a church, I need some community, I need some community, I need some community, and, and I was trying to point her in the direction to go or whatever. And she said, I'm just going to start a small group like I had where I was. And, and so you really get to see the importance of community. And because she understood the importance of community and, and, and the importance that it played in her life, you see it carry on. Um, and then we'll flip the spectrum. We'll go to the other side. And um, I heard a story one time about a guy um, who began coming to church and began coming every week. Um, he really didn't grow up in a normal neighborhood, came from a lot of violence, really was involved in gang activity a lot, and, and started coming to the church, and, and he began coming over and over, um, and the Lord gripped him, got, uh, got his heart, um, saved him, got baptized, 
um, did all this stuff and, and began coming. And everybody knew him because of his gang, like he was in a gang. So he had signs, all kind of stuff all over him. So they recognized him. Well, two, go two months down the road and, and they began to see his attendance become sporadic. Um, and he, he, he began being sporadic. And he came back like two or three months later and the pastor got to talk with him and was like, hey man, you know, what's going on? Like, how, how are you doing? And all this stuff. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, when I got baptized... I thought I was getting baptized into a family. But my gang has been more of a family to me than this church has. And I'll never forget that. And, 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 and so you can see on both ends of the spectrum, man, community is essential, man. It is important. And, and it is so huge in us growing in our relationship with God. And so when you think about it, here's the, here's the thing, man, is, is the idea of coming in on church on a Sunday, sitting through, hearing whoever's speaking speak, um, you know, doing your thing, you, you come on Sunday, you live your life, whatever, come back in on the next Sunday, live your life, come back in the next Sunday. Like, that's foreign in Scripture. Like, nowhere in this book, I promise you, we'll sit down, I'll take you through the whole thing, nowhere in it will you ever see the idea of people just coming in on Sunday as Sunday attenders. Like, it, it doesn't happen, and it's, it's nowhere in there. And so, um, the idea behind it, man, is, is, man, when God views church, he views community. Like, it's a family. When God views Connection Church, he sees it as a family of believers, man. And when you get saved, just like the girl I was telling you about, man, you are saved into a family to help you walk um, in community. And so this whole idea of community is what I want to talk about this morning. Um, and, and I really want to kind of hit it um, from three ways. The first I want to talk to you about, well, what, why is it important? So why is community important? Secondly, I want to talk about, well, what is community? Who makes it up? Like, what does it look like? And then lastly, I want to talk about some obstacles that I think keep us from um, really walking in community on a daily basis. So let's pray real quick, and, and we'll jump right in. Lord God, I do just thank you so much for, for this morning. God, I thank you for uh, each and every person, God, that you brought here, Lord. I've, I've been praying for everybody in here all week, God, and I just pray... Um, that you would use this time, God, to speak through me, to, to, to lift up your name, God, that you would help me communicate the importance of community, God, to, to a world that so desperately needs it. God, and I pray for that person in here that, man, is just coming on Sundays and, and has not become a part of this family. God, I pray that today would be the day they'd make that step. Lord, and I pray for the person who is in community. They're in a connect group. They're serving. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they would take community to a deeper level. Um, Lord, so, so this is our goal, and Lord, we pray that you would um, speak your word in the power of the Holy Spirit, and you would change our hearts, change our minds, um, Lord, and that you um, would just change us, God. We leave here different than when we came. In Christ's name, amen. All right, cool. So I want to start off answering the question, why is community important? And so no better place to start than Scripture, right? So here we go. What does God say about community? I'm going to take you on a little journey. I promise I won't bore you or take you very long. Um, I'm going to kind of paraphrase, but kind of not. So if you've got your Bible, open up with me to the, to the first page of it, Genesis chapter 1. All right, and let's look, let's start in verse 26. Genesis basically is the story of God creating um, everything. He comes to verse 26 and he begins to create us. He says, verse 26, this is what he says. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So the first thing we see is that God created man, right? So this idea that he created each one of us. And we also see that he created us in whose image? His image. Okay, so then that begs the, the question, well, what is his image? Well, if we look at the scripture, we see another 
kind of weird thing. It says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So you see these ideas of our and us. It's like, God, who are you talking to? Like, are you like, what are you crazy? Like, what's going on? And so we see from the very beginning that God exists in three persons. And we can read throughout the rest of Scripture, God exists in the Trinity. You've probably heard it before. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when God comes about in Himself, He exists in community, right? Three, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, He exists in that. And so if He exists in that and He created us in His image, then we, exist, then we are created to exist in what? Community, right? Okay, y'all got to help me a little bit. Y'all, y'all, y'all killing me. All right, so here we go. So Genesis 1.26, and then he doesn't wait very long after that. Let's bounce over to the next page. Genesis chapter 2. Let's look in verse 18. The Lord's speaking again. Here's what he said. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be what? Alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So we see God come on and he says again, hey, it's not good that man should be alone. So I'm going to create a helper for him. And he institutes this idea of marriage which in itself is a community too, but we see the idea we're not created to walk through life alone. We're created to exist in a community. All right, y'all getting tired yet? Here we go. Let's go to Exodus. You don't have to turn there, but I'll just kind of sum up the whole book of Exodus for you real quick. God basically raises up this guy named Moses. And Moses is, is basically the leader that he wants to lead who into freedom, into the promised land. He wants to take them out of slavery, out of captivity in Egypt and lead them into Freedom. And so who has God, who has God raised Moses up to lead? God's people, right? A community of people. So we see, even in Exodus, you see God raising up leaders to lead a community of people. So the focus is the community of people, right? Think about it like this. Moses gets to the Red Sea. If you've been in church at all, you know the story of the Red Sea. Basically, Moses comes through, he's walking, he gets to this Red Sea. They're like, dude, those people are trying to kill us. And what are you going to do about it? He takes his staff, sticks it in the water. The water's part. Well, think if Moses was by himself, right? He walks up to the water, he parts it, walks through. He's like, nobody's behind him, so he walks through. First of all, I mean, that's one of them like spike your Bible moments, right? You walk through, God's like just parted the Red Seas. You're like, yeah, check it. You know what I mean? And so you see this idea and think, wouldn't you want some people behind you to see it going on? Like you, you go back to your friends, you're like, hey, let me tell you what God did. He, we, I came to this ocean, he parted it up, we walked through, escaped these people. They'd be like, dude. What are you talking about? Like you're smoking. What do you, you know, what do you own? You know, something like that. And so you see this idea of man, community, even in Exodus. And I could take you through numbers, Deuteronomy, all through the rest of the Old Testament and show you, man, God makes much of community. I mean, the whole Old Testament is a picture of God's people or the prophets calling out to who? God's people. So keep turning with me. Let's go to Psalm. Let's go to chapter 133 in Psalm. And so we can get a little glimpse of David. And so we see David speaking, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is God speaking through him. And basically, here's what David says. Psalm 133, starting in verse 1. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in what? Unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Okay, so if you're like me, you're like, what the crap is he talking about? All right, so think about the first verse. He says, behold, how good and pleasant it is to dwell for brothers to dwell in unity. So we see this idea of God says, it is important for us to dwell in unity. Then he gives two examples. 
The first one he gives is of uh, Ol, like an a Ol over Aaron. Who, wait, that begs the question, who's Aaron? So Aaron, basically in Exodus, is Moses' brother. And so where Moses um, decided he didn't want to lead because of some issues he had, God raised up Aaron. And so when he raised him up to show that he was the person that God raised up, they anointed him with oil. And so in the Bible, when you see oil come in the picture, it's basically symbolizing God's anointing. You even see it in James in the New Testament where, you know, it says to call the elders of the church to pray for somebody who's sick and anoint them with oil. So you see this idea of one, when brothers dwell in unity, the first thing that happens is God anoints it. And, and there's anointing on a community unlike anointing that's on an individual. Does that make sense? And so the first thing is an anointing. The second thing is he says, it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. And so you're like, what the heck, dew? What was he talking about? So you get this idea of, of dew. Well, in the, this picture is, is a picture of a mountain. And then below this mountain were cities. And so the only way that this city would have water, which water equals life, and so the only way that they would have a water supply, a life supply, is if God blessed this mountain with dew and snow that would run off and come into this village to create life. And so we see this idea first, God anoints community, but also he blesses it. And so we see this idea, look at the end of uh, verse 3, he says, For there, talking about when brothers are dwelling in unity, the Lord has commanded the blessing. What's the blessing? Life forevermore, right? All right, look at the Bible, I'm saying right from it, from the... For the Lord there the commanded that, or for the there the Lord has commanded the blessing, what? Life forevermore. So he says, where's our life forevermore found? In a community. So you see this idea, and you flip on, keep going. Proverbs, let's look there. Proverbs chapter 18. I hadn't lost y'all yet, have I? I? Tried to line the books up where we could follow it a little bit. Alright, so here we go. Proverbs chapter 18. Verse 1, Solomon's writing. He's, he's very wise. He's telling us God's inspiring him to write this to us. What does he say? He says, Proverbs 18, verse 1, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out, or some translations say he rages against all sound judgment. And so basically God says the person who isolates himself, the person who doesn't walk in community, is seeking his own desire. And if we're seeking our own desire, guess whose desire we're not seeking? God's, right? So we see this idea. Solomon says that. He goes on in the next book, Ecclesiastes. So let's turn over there. Chapter 4. Starting in verse 9. You probably heard this at weddings multiple times. Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 9. Here's what he says. Two are better than what? One. Because they have a good reward for their toll. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. When he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is what? Not quickly broken. And so, man, the Bible is clear. I could continue to go on and on. And you look at the New Testament. Jesus comes on the scene. What's the one of the first things he does? Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He calls people to walk in what? Twelve disciples. Community. Go on, let's go to the book of Acts. You see Jesus come on the scene and, and Acts basically just in itself is the story of what? The early church, right? So you see this idea of God, man, he makes much of his church. Let's bounce to Revelation. At the end of the thing, God says he's coming back. Jesus is coming back for who? His bride, the church. You see this idea of the community of God is, is what God makes most of. And so I, I beg to say, man, God is clear. Community is important. It is important. And not only is it important... In Scripture, I've seen it important in my own life. Man, and I can't tell you this, and I, I've been asking the question all week, God, how 
in the world am I supposed to convince all these people that they need to walk in community? And, and man, the best thing I can tell you is, one, the Bible says to do it, and two, I can tell you about how it's been in my own life. And I can tell you this, when I was saved, I didn't really know how to do anything, man. I didn't know how to pray. I mean, the only thing, God is great, God is good, let us thank you for us. But, you know, I knew that, and, you know, my parents taught me that the Bible was good and to read it and to do things, but I didn't really know how to study it or to do anything else. I didn't really know what a, a life, you know, how do I, you know, make much of Christ on my football team or my baseball team or, or, or do these things. I didn't know anything, man. And so, you know, when the Lord grabbed me with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I was saved at an event. Um, I began to put myself around people who knew God. And so as I put myself around these people who knew God, guess what I learned? How to follow him. I learned, man, how to pray, how to do these things. And so I, I, get, I get saved at this FCA camp and then I come back and I, God, praise the Lord, I found Connection Church and I found some people who love Jesus just as much as I did. And I came back and, and I got involved in a connect group. And man, this connect group was, was incredible. Some of my best friends still to this day or, or we're in this connect group. And, and man, I got in there and we, and I learned, man, I learned how to pursue God. I learned what it meant to have a genuine relationship with God. I learned how to read scripture and not only read scripture, but apply it to my life. I learned how to, to, to pray. I learned how to, 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 to the importance of accountability. I learned how to confess sin to them and, and not hear them say, dude, you're an idiot. What are you doing? But here say, dude, I've walked through the same thing. Here, let me walk beside you and let me show you how I overcame those things. These are the things I did to, to help, you know, and they pointed me towards Christ, man. When I had a bad day, I'd come in there and I'd hear them talk about Jesus and I'd be like, man, I want that again, you know, and so it, it's been so crucial to me. And here's the truth is that when we all, when every one of us, when we come to Christ, we come to Christ as spiritual babies and, 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 and we're born into, we don't know what to do. And here's the thing, we need to learn how to grow. And, and, and here's the thing, the problem with a lot of church and a lot of believers today is they never take that step into community to begin to grow in their relationship with God. So then you have 40-year-old men who are still spiritual babies. And, and that's the truth of, of what's happening. And so, man, community is essential for this, man. And, and if I could tell you one thing, a promise that the Bible gives is in 1 Peter 5.8, it, it, it paints this picture for us. It says the enemy, the world, the devil, whoever it is, the person that does not want you to, to pursue Christ, whatever you want to call it, devil, world, Satan, whoever, man, he is coming after you. It says he's like a prowling lion, a roaring lion, ready to destroy you. He's ready to kill, steal, and destroy you. And anything that you're doing for God, he does not want it to happen. And here's the thing. It, it, we don't have to be a genius. How many people watch Shark Week in here? Shark Week, Discovery Channel, you've seen, you know, we go to Cape Town, South Africa, Seal Island, y'all with me? All right, we're on this boat, and we're doing this study about great white sharks. Everybody loves great white sharks. Everybody loves to see them breach and absolutely destroy the rubber thing they all put behind the boat, right? And so, you know, we're on this boat, Cape Town, South Africa, we're in Seal Island. These people are doing a study, and they're saying, okay, we want to study the attack of this animal. And so you see them, they're on this boat, and so you got this family, you know, Seal Island is, dude, if I was a seal, I'm not a seal, but if I was, Seal Island would be the place that I wouldn't be. And so you get this idea, you got tons of seals that are coming off this island, and then you got this usually Australian guy that's on this boat speaking in his thing, and he's saying, here's what we're going to test today. We're going to drag this solo seal behind our boat, 
with a shark that's three times the size of our boat. And if he messes up and doesn't hit the seal and hits the boat, we're dead. I don't, they don't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. And so you get this idea. And, and so what happens is they test it, man. And, and this boat's going alongside of these seals and it kind of veers off to the side. And sure enough, guess what? That, guess who that shark attacks? That rubber seal because he is isolated and he's vulnerable. And not just in a shark, you think of a line, man. You've all seen the chases, right? You turn to the Discovery Channel, and I, I was going to play a video for y'all of them, but, man, they are gruesome. I figured y'all be throwing up everywhere. So I'll just explain it to you, of course. Um, and so basically what you get, man, is this line. They're smart animals, and when they hunt, basically what they do is they put a line in front of the crowd to push the crowd this way, but then guess what's waiting on the other side? The lines. And guess what? They always know where the straggler's going to go because I guess the straggler's stupid. And so he runs this way, and guess what? That straggler gets away from the pack, and, and guess who? Guess what? Guess what happens? He dies. He gets killed, you know? And so the, the truth of the moral of the story is this, man. Satan, the devil, the world is coming after us, it's seeking to devour you. The last thing it wants you to do is follow Christ. And so my question to you is, will you be isolated and vulnerable when it comes? Because I can promise you this, if you are, it will get you and it will trip you up. I've seen it time in and time again. And so we see the importance of community. We need brothers and sisters beside us, pushing us in our relationship with God. We need it. Um, And so there's the importance of community. I hope you see that it's important now. The graphic, yeah, that's okay. All right, so here, number two. Here's where we go. What is community? So that's the second question. What is community? Who makes it up? Like, what's this big deal? And so here's what I'd say. I'd define it this way. Community is a group of believers walking through life together in a way that reflects Jesus to the world around them. Simply put, community is a group of believers doing life together in a way that the world looks in and they say, man, there's something different about the way they're, 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 they're not going after the same thing that I'm going after. And I tell you that this type of community is what we call our connect groups. And, and that's what they are. And so let me brag on, man, my connect group leaders real quick, man. Every person that we have that leads one of our connect groups are the very people that I would want to charge the gates of hell with water pistols with. They love Jesus, man. And not only do they love Jesus... They love you and they care that you grow in your relationship with God. And I could go around to every person in here that's probably in a connect group and they would tell you how important their connect group leader has been in their life, man. And, and, and that's the thing, man, is, is these people love you and they want you to walk in community with them. And, and, and that's the thing we got to understand. And so the first thing that, that happens in a community is growth. So what makes up a community? Growth. Like you come to a group and you're growing in your relationship with Christ. Let me give you an example, man. A couple of our group leaders that are just killing it right now. Um, Miss Beth, man, she leads a college girls Bible study, man. And I can promise you some of the girls are in here. Like I've asked them to come out and lead another group. And literally they about pull out a knife and say, I will cut you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm like, dude, hold on. You know? And, and so, but you see this idea, man, they've developed this community and Miss Beth is investing, 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 and they're investing in one another. And man, they are just growing, learning how to follow Christ together, encouraging one another, doing all these things. Another one's Meg Miller, man. She's not just because she's my intern, but dude, 
a girl joins her group, a college girl, I'll give them two weeks. They're either interning at the church or they're serving in every area. I mean, it is ridiculous to see, man, just the contagiousness. I don't know if that's a word, but y'all bear with me. Contagiousness of people pursuing God. And, and, and that's the thing. Number one's growing. Number two is care. When you join a connect group, you get into a group of people who are seeking to care and love one another as Christ has loved us. And man, so the thing about that is, is we got, man, Joan and Frank Meeks. I don't know if you know them. Um, they are a couple that leads a small group in here, but literally they love each other and care for each other so much that I want to get sick so that they care for me. I mean, you talk about eating like a king. I mean, dude, somebody gets sick in their group. It is like casserole galore. I mean, they got everything casserole. I mean, everything you can think of, they're bringing it. Grass gets cut. I mean, whatever. I mean, there's, I mean, it is incredible to see their heart, their group's heart to care for one another, man. They love each other and they walk through life together. No matter what's going on in the hard times and the good times, they celebrate one another. In the hard times, they come alongside of each other and encourage each other. And then the last thing is mission. So when you join a connect group, you join a place where, man, the focus is to grow in your relationship with God. The second thing is you care for one another. The third thing is you're on a mission together. So this idea of mission um, Paul uses in the New Testament, he calls it a partnership. So when you, when you walk in community, what you do is you come alongside other believers who are after the same thing that you're after. And just so happens that mission scripturally is that we're making disciples. So we're, we're reaching, actively reaching out to other people and saying, hey, this is, this is the joy that I've found. This is what I found that I was created to do. And hey, let me teach you how to follow him. And, and so you see this idea of community existing. I mean, you could, a broader definition would be it's a group of believers who are growing in their relationship with Christ together, loving and caring for one another, while intentionally on a mission to reach others and teach them to follow Christ. Does that make sense? So it's a group of believers and they're doing three things. They're growing together. They're learning how to read scripture together. They're learning how to apply scripture together. They're growing in their relationship with God, confessing sin to one another, walking with each other through this thing. They're caring and loving one another. So when somebody's stumbling or somebody's going through a hard time, they come alongside of each other and they, they push each other in, in that way. And then the last thing, man, is they, they, what happens inside the connect group doesn't just stop. They are pushing to go outside of the connect group and bring other people back in. And, and that's, the, that's the, the importance of that, man. And so I know there's two sets of people in here. There's one set of people who, man, you're not walking in community, whether that's a connect group or, or any kind of community. You're not there. And, man, I've been asking myself the question, like, how, God, what do I say to get them to understand the importance of community? I can tell them about what it is in my life. I can tell them about what your word says. But what is it that's going to make them take that next step and join a community? And, man, I... I don't know. Like the, the best thing I could come up with is you desperately need to join a connect group. Like that's, that's all I got. You need to. If that's you, you need to walk within a family of believers who can help you grow and help you love you and, and, and push you towards Christ and, and, and do those things. And so here's what I can tell you. Here's the truth that I've found. The quickest way to fall away from Christ or to, to stop following Christ is to separate yourself from community. And, and, and Proverbs 18.1 sums it up better than anything I can think. And I, maybe y'all memorized that this morning. A man who seeks his own desire is a man who isolates himself. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And we know what happens when we isolate ourselves, right? Do I need to go back to Shark Week? 
The world's coming, right? He's coming and he's going to get you. And so it's only a matter of time when that comes. And so I know another type of person in here is, is you're in a connect group, man. And, and, and you're in a connect group and you're loving it and doing these things. But listen, I want to challenge you too, man. Like grow deeper, walk deeper into your community. And, and I want to ask you, are these things going on? Ask yourself three questions if you're in a connect group. Connect group leaders, people who are in a connect group, like base the health of your connect group off of this. Number one, are we growing in our relationship with Christ together? Are we growing in our relationship with Christ together? Number two, are we learning to love one another as Christ has loved us? I can tell you this, if you want to learn who Christ is, love other people. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, try loving other people. And not for what they return to you, but just to love them. And I promise you, you will grow and you will learn who Jesus is. And you, from experience, you'll figure out how much not like him you are, you know, and that'll lead you to repent. Number three, does my group drive me to go out and make disciples? So like when, I, when we gather together, when we spend time together, does it push me to go out into the world and reach people who are, who are around me and teach them how to follow Christ? And so I'd ask you to judge your health of the community that you're a part of by those three questions. And so here's, here's what I can tell you. Just from a personal standpoint, your closest friendships, if you think about your closest Christian friendships, the people that you consider your closest community, I can tell you this, look at that relationship and the relationship you have with that person will be a direct reflection of your relationship with God. Almost always in my life, what I can do is I can look at my closest friendships, the, guy, the guys that I have that spur me on, and I can tell you this, if, if I'm not being real with them, there's a good chance that I'm not being real with God. If I'm not confessing sin with them, there's a good chance that I'm not confessing sin with God. If I'm not praying for other people that, that I want to reach out to with them, guess what? Probably not reaching out to other people or talking to God about it either. And so, man, that, hear me, that is the importance of community. And, and, and just one last thing, side note, but I can tell you this, just from my own life, my own personal experience, when I'm running from God, guess what the first thing I run from is? Community. Never fails. You know, I've heard it said like this, the first step away from God is a step away from the church. Or a first step away from God is a step away from community. And so think about it like that. So we got why is it important? We got what it is. And now we want to move on to what are some obstacles if, if connect groups and community is about growing together, caring for one another, loving one another, and being on a mission together. So what are some obstacles that kind of keep us from, from experiencing this type of community? And so I got eight of them, but I'm just going to kind of group them all together so that you can think about um, different things. And so I want you to examine your own life and say, are these things going in my life and are they hindering me from walking in deep relationship with the people around me? The first one's apathy. So just not caring. I can tell you this, the first thing that kills community with other people is not caring about growing in your relationship with God. And so if that's you, man, I'll tell you probably how it plays out is, man, you come in here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and you hear, man, Brandon preaches heart out, or whoever's speaking preach their heart out. And you walk out, and guess what? <laughs> Nothing changes. You don't get involved. You don't serve. You don't 
join a connect group. There's nothing going on, man, and, and you don't care if you grow. And here's what I would ask you. Number one, do you know God? Do you know Christ? And number two, do you even want to grow? Because here's what I see in Scripture. First Peter tells you that if you've tasted that God is good, if you've tasted salvation, then you crave growth. You crave Christ like a newborn baby craves milk. That's exactly how he puts it. That ain't me talking, that's God talking. And so I would ask you, man, do you know him? Number two is self-centeredness. Talk about something that can kill community, walking in community, is self-centeredness. Like what bigger obstacle to, to loving somebody else is, is walking in such a way that the world revolves around you? And I find myself doing this all the time, and I have to step back. You talk about one thing that marriage has taught me in two months, how self-centered I am, you know? This idea of like, man, I don't think of others first. I think of myself first and then play them out, you know? And, and so think about that. What, what, what's happening with that? Number three, lying. And so not lying in such a way that you just boldly lie to somebody's face, though that might be going on in some instances. The type I'm talking about is telling people what they want to hear rather than speaking the truth to them in love. And I can tell you, this is something that we all need. And just think about it this way. How bad do you have to hate somebody to see them walking towards sin? And we know the Bible says sin leads to death. They're walking towards death. And instead of grabbing them and saying, hey, man, like, Christ is life. I know where life is. And grabbing them and saying, hey, like, I've walked down this same path. I know where it leads. Grabbing them and saying, hey, here's life. Let's walk together towards life. We just say, hey, you're doing all right. You know, that, that's fine. You know, you want to date somebody who's not a believer? Or you want to, you know, continue to live that kind of lifestyle? You know, like, do we love some? Can we love somebody and really do that? And so I'd ask you that. Number four is envy. And so that's an idea of, of wanting what other people's have. Wanting what others have. Maybe this plays out in your group like somebody in your group gets a promotion or, or, or gets pregnant or, or does something that, that's, that's really good in their life. And secretly, you're mad about it. Like, you wish it was you. So because you wish it was you and you're self-centered in it, you can't rejoice and celebrate with other people that you supposedly love. And so think about it. Nothing kills community like envy. We can't love people and be envious of them. Number five, shame and insecurity. Shame is the fact of being ashamed of something. So we're ashamed of our parents are ashamed of who we are, or our family, or who are our friends, or whatever it is. And so we come in and out of Connect Group every week, and, and we're never real. Nobody knows who we really are. You know, I've heard it said like this, to be 99% known is to be not known at all. And so think about it, man. Do you come in and out of Connect Group every week, and nobody knows you? Because I can tell you this, the first step to healing is allowing somebody to know what you're going through so that they can walk with you through it. I can assure you of that in my own life. Number six, busyness. Man, nothing kills community like busyness. Here's the thing. Community, it takes work, man. It takes commitment. And so think about it like this. Depth comes with trust. So depth of relationship comes with trust, right? It's the saying, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care, Right? So depth comes with trust. Trust comes with time. Time comes with commitment. That makes sense? Get your little flow chart out. Here we go. Write that one down. You got it? Depth comes with trust. Trust comes with time. Time comes with commitment. 
That's busyness. Number seven, bitterness. Bitterness is the idea of you, you're unwilling to forgive others. So, you know, somebody's wronged you in the past or, or whatever, man. And I don't pretend to know what's going on or what, who's wronged you or doing those things. But I can tell you what Scripture says. That if we're unwilling to forgive others, neither will Christ forgive us. And, and here's the thing I know, man. My willingness to forgive others shows me the very picture of what Christ did for me. Because I was unforgivable. You were unforgivable. We were unforgivable. But guess what Christ did? He came and He died. And He forgives us of our sins. And so how can we be a picture of Christ if we're not doing the same? Number eight is your past. And so it's this idea of doubt. So you come into a group and, and you bring this, this, this something in your past has happened. And you bring this doubt of, man, do people really care? Like I see all these people smiling at me when I come into church. I hear this pastor up here talking about he cares about me and does all these things. But something in your past, something's happened with your, your parents or with something. And you can't believe that people care for you. And here's what I can promise you. And this is what separates Christian community from anything else. From any other kind of community. There's tons of types of community. The one thing that separates Christian community from anything else is it's not dependent on what you bring to the table. So sports community usually dependent on what you bring to the table. If you ain't got a big screen TV, a pool, and all that stuff, probably not in the community. Know what I mean? And if you ain't got this, this, and this, you're not in the community. But here's what I can tell you. Christian community is not dependent on what you bring to the table. It's dependent on who you know. And so we have to see this. And man, I tell you, hear this. Community is a commitment. And so because it's a commitment, we need to approach it in a certain way. And man, this is kind of my, my challenge. If you don't remember anything else I say, um, the rest of the message has been setting up these three things. I want you to approach community in this way. First, I want you to become the friend that you want to have. Quit. Stop thinking about everybody else. Like, are they doing what they're supposed to do? The first thing we need to do is deal with ourselves. Are we the friend that people want to have? Have we dealt with these obstacles? Apathy, self-centeredness, lying, envy, shame, bitterness. Whatever it is, like have we dealt with those so that we can begin to come become the friend that we want to have? Number two, find people who love Jesus. Find people who love Jesus. Not everybody that comes to church and is in a small group and is in a Bible study loves Jesus. I promise you that. So find people who love Jesus. Because here's the deal. The old saying that your mom used to tell you, your dad or your grandparents, whoever it is, you are who your friends are, that's true. If you want to become more like Christ, guess who you hang out with? People who love Jesus. If you want to find out the best way to party, you know who you hang out with? People who are partying. You know, it it makes perfect sense, and, and we think about it. So number one, become the friend that you want to have. Number two, find people who love Jesus. And number three, you commit to love them. So what does it look like to love them? Man, I'm glad you asked. Because I got you something on your announcement card. If you'll look on the back of each announcement card that you got as you came in here. I have a list of, of, of God gives us a lot of instruction on, on how believers should relate to each other in Scripture. Um, and, and I call them the New Testament one another. So this is basically every Scripture 
in the Bible that talks about how we should relate to other believers. And there's almost 60 of them. And, and so I just want to read through them real quick with you. And I want you to ask this a question, man. And I can tell you this. This has knocked me on my tail this week. And, and thinking about my wife and how I love her. Thinking about my friends and how I treat them. Do I do these? One, love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. College guys, you can thank me later. (laughs) Agree with one another. Wait for each other. Have equal concern for each other. Serve one another. Do not provoke or envy one another. Carry each other's burdens. Bear with one another. Be compassionate to one another. Forgive one another. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Basically speak truth. Submit to one another. Do not lie to each other. Encourage one another. Build up each other. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Do not give up meeting together. Do not slander one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Be kind to one another. Do, don't grumble against one another. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. And here's what I can tell you, man. If you make a covenant, and when I say a covenant, there's a difference in a covenant and a contract. When you think covenant, think marriage. Think for better, for worse, for in sickness and in health, for richer, for poor. I'm going to love you. And so when we approach community, we have to approach it in that way. It's not a contractual agreement. It's not, hey, I'll do this if you do this back. So, Kate, I'll love you if you do the dishes. Like, that's not how you approach a covenant. That's not it. We approach a covenant by approaching it in a way of, hey, here's what, I'm, here's what I got on the table, Jesus. That's what God commands us to do. And so I'll, I'll close with this. Think about this statement. And I believe it to be true with all my heart. A decision to follow Christ is a decision to walk in community. A decision to follow Christ is a decision to walk in community. They don't separate themselves. You can't separate them, right? You look at Jesus. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. What did they come into? Community. Acts. When people got saved, who were they added to? The church. To follow Christ, you must walk in community. I can assure you, you can't sustain your walk with Christ without it. And so I'd ask you that this morning. One, are you committed to God? And maybe you're in here and you're like, Billy, this stunk is stupid. What are you talking about? I don't even understand what you're saying. I'd say, man, maybe today's the day that you need to make a decision to follow Christ. Christ is drawing you to himself. You know your heart's beating 100 miles an hour. Today's the day you need to make a decision to follow Christ. And I'd love to talk with you down here during this last song. Or maybe today's the day that you realize you're not walking in community and you've been coming to this church for a while and you say, Billy, man, I need community. And so I'd give you the opportunity. Our next steps tables are outside and they are connect group signups everywhere out there. So if that's you and you want to do that, we're kicking our groups back off in the fall in August next month. And we would love to get you into a connect group. So let me pray for us and we'll sing. Lord God, God, I'm dependent on your word. God, I'm dependent on the power of your Holy Spirit, God, to come and deal with our hearts, God. Would you open our eyes 
to the power of community, God, a type of community that reflects you to the world around us, God, that people look at this church, this church family, and they see something different. They see the love of Christ displayed all over everything. So, Lord, I pray that we would not walk out of here and be the same. God, I pray if we walked in here and we're not walking in community, God, that we would make, we would take that step of faith this morning, God. I know people, there's different steps of faith for different people, but I promise you, that step of faith is worth it. So, God, would you deal with hearts this morning, Lord, in Christ's name.